Hello and welcome to Novel Not New, a true podcast. It's a narrative gaming book club podcast. I'm your host, uh, Jennifer Uncle. Joining me as always, Six Detmar. See, Jennifer stuttered right there because she was like, wait, did I do it? Did I do a good job? Because she's not used to it. Yes, you did. <laughs> I wrote it down this time. I, I wrote down my lines. <laughs> wow, cheater. <laughs> Coward. <laughs> and uh, Olivia Joseph as well. Great job, Jen. You're doing great. We couldn't ask for a better introduction. <laughs> Thank you, I think. <laughs> so, um, have y'all been playing any story-heavy games uh, in between this podcast and the last one? I haven't getting my JRPG on. Yeah. Um, I've been playing the Caligula Effect 2. Um... The Caligula Effect 1, famously a game that everyone saw announcements for on Twitter and was like, oh, the guy who wrote Persona 2, I should try that out. And then none of us did. And it wasn't that good. But then they made a second one, and that's a lot better. Yeah, I hear that a lot. Like, um, the few people I saw playing Caligula Effect 1 kind of dropped it after the first few hours and uh, didn't see a reason to keep going. Mm -hmm. I can't, like... I, I like literally didn't even play it. I've seen maybe 30 seconds of the original, so I really can't say anything about the original. Um, but the second one's pretty good. It's basically about what if there was an evil Vocaloid? And if you listened to her music uh, and like regretted something in your life, you would be whisked away. You would be isekai'd to her virtual world where... She would wipe your memories and then give you a life that, like, was supposed to satisfy the big regret you had. Um, Wait, I'm not dead? I'm only, like, an hour in. <laughs> no. She told me I was dead. No, nobody's dead. Everyone is very much alive. Did I misunderstand or did she lie to me? I think you misunderstood. Everyone is very much alive. Oh, okay. I thought it was like I died with regrets and don't worry. No. Um, okay. In fact, later on, it becomes kind of a plot point. Um that they have an indeterminate amount of time left in their real bodies, um, which are, like, probably comatose in the real world. Um, so they have to try to get back to the real world before they die. Oh. Um, well, you know, that. see, they should have mentioned that earlier, because so far I'm with regret, but <laughs> that does change things a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, so then, then what if there was a second Vocaloid who was the daughter of the evil Vocaloid from the first game, who broke her way into the virtual world and was just like, I'm going to fuck this shit up because I'm mad. <laughs> and so she uh, forcibly reawakens a bunch of, uh, of uh, teenagers to their uh, original lives in the real world and kind of like press gangs them into the Go Home Club, where they are just basically bopping around this virtual world trying to find... You know where does the where does the head Vocaloid live so we can beat her up and go home, um, and it's really good. I am just like, if I could play, if every six months I could just play like a good JRPG with like a middle to low budget about like a bunch of teenagers who are sad. Great, I would be so fed. Um, I love all these kids, uh, even though it turns out most of them aren't actually kids. There's, like, something going on in this game with the idea that, with, like, basically the way that the, that the evil Vocaloid has, has interpreted people's regrets as, like, a desire to relive being a teenager. Um, 
Because she's taken a bunch of, like, sad 20-somethings and turned them into teens. Mm. Um, and there's there's something going on there. I haven't, like, fully crystallized my thoughts on it. But yeah, um, and they're just, like, written well. They have, like, fun conversations with each other. Um, I like that most of them do not even want to be here. Uh, this game is hit on an innovation that Persona never captured, which is you can just put multiple characters in the party. They don't actually have to tell you all their trauma the first time you meet them. They can, in fact, refuse to tell you about your their trauma until like 30 hours later when they actually know you. Um, but yeah, it's good. I like it. The battle system's very funky. It has this system where you are kind of like, you're moving around your actions on a timeline and so you can order them in such a way that, like, you can use a, a a melee counter skill right before an enemy uses a melee skill and then knock them up in the air and then move all of your aerial attacks to right after that counter skill. So while they're up in the air, you, like, make sure to hit them. Um, and then there, there's, like, strategizing around, you know, the length of recovery time of attacks and startup times. And it's just kind of, like, fun to mess around with and kind of tweak um, there's been time, there's been a lot of battles where, like, I could just beast my way through it, um, because you heal to full after every fight, but I actually enjoy, like, tweaking it so I have a perfect no-damage-all-counters fight, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and that's fun. Um, there is a canon trans character who is, like, actually written in a way that isn't cringy, which is nice. Um, there's an incredibly funny bit where the Vocaloid on your side is, like, I did some research on the internet to learn about trans people. <laughs> and she doesn't say she doesn't say anything really bad, but she does go, I learned about a lot of terms like agender and non-binary. <laughs> and she's like this like four foot tall gremlin. Just like, listen, it sounds pretty cool. You do you, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's very fun. Yeah, Vocaloid being like, I pulled up a Wikipedia entry, and now I know a lot of things. <laughs> She's like, uh, what is her What is her exact line? I think her line is like, look, I don't know a lot of stuff, man, but I did some research since the last time we talked. <laughs> um, <laughs> that her, her name is Key, she rules. Yeah, what little I've played, she does seem to be the highlight of the game. Her dialogue is really... Uh fun yeah she seems pretty well written so yeah she's very good and i really like the way like other characters will bounce off her um there's like a great stupid gag where they in one dungeon they have like an invisible wall maze and key goes like all right sweet an empty room and just runs right forward and smacks her head into the wall (laughs) she goes ow my head (laughs) and then one of the other characters um sasara uh, who's like, you know, got this very kind of like motherly vibe is like, oh no, Miss Key, are you all right? And she runs forward and goes, owie, my head in the exact same way. <laughs> then it comes back to the main party and a third character is like, so should I keep it going or? <laughs> <laughs> it's just fun. Uh, um, that sounds like my jam. <laughs> uh, what I like is another thing I like is that like, None of the villains that we've fought so far have, like, died or been removed from the story, really. So, like, every villain you fight just kind of gets alerted to your presence and then is just kind of, like, hanging around. Um, 
The thing about recruiting a bunch of people who have, like, deep personal regrets is that a lot of them don't care about your, like, grand villain plan and can kind of just be bought and bought off or, like, bargained with to have a truce. Um, so there's a really great scene where, like, your team is secretly working with one of the villains and then another villain breaks into their secret base and is like, oh, you're working with them too! <laughs> <laughs> and the first villain is like, what the fuck? I didn't even know that they beat you. You didn't say anything about them beating you. And she's like, yeah, duh. I'm playing both sides. <laughs> uh, and there's one there's one villain who's just like pissed that after he got obviously beaten, he's not being invited to the meetings anymore. So he's just completely off on his own shit, like trying to prove that he's villainous enough. <laughs> it's very fun. It's just a fun game. I love, I love just like watching these little weirdos do things. Um... Uh, it's it's good. I think it's like I played a lot of good JRPGs this year, and Caligula Effect Two is like right up there. It's good stuff. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I need to. I I got it and uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five. They arrived on the same day for me. Um, and ironically, Caligula Effect is suffering for being obviously good. <laughs> um, because it was like I started Caligula Effect and immediately I was like oh this is good I like this and Shin Megami Tensei uh, having my very brief Shin Megami Tensei 5 area um, you may have heard this from other people but basically it's like you start out and you're the student and you're in you're in you're in Japan you go to school and there's the cool kids and there's the you know there's the, the you know the the like super smart kids and you start heading home from school and oh shit now you're in demon world it's just um like classic shin megami tensei shit it's like totally showing you characters and it's like i know you're all gonna fucking die or like not matter for most of the story so why am yeah I like I, I i will meet you again after 60 hours um <laughs> yeah and you'll be like um, i've become a i've become like a libertarian fascist and it's like oh cool thanks <laughs> Uh, I did like that the way I got I I um ended up going to the demon world is I was following a classmate. He didn't know I was following him. I was following a classmate who's like a fucking like YouTuber mm -hmm. who's like, check it out, guys. There's this bridge over here, and the underpass on the bridge is really short, but they say there are monsters under here. Let's check it out. Uh, it's extremely bad, <laughs> and you're just like. I mean, I have my own reasons for going this way, but I guess I'll just walk behind you, and then <laughs> you're in the demon world. Um, and then once you're in the demon world, uh, there is a particular uh, sort of, like, synthetic demon that fuses with you, and you become the sick, long, blue-haired dude from the, you know, all the promotional stuff. And then you just play the game for a million hours before any more plot happens. So... <laughs> I don't know if this game's writing is good yet because I'm in the long empty patch where it's just random encounters forever and they're fun and it's pretty but I don't know what the game is yet. Yeah. One of my like major <laughs> things from playing Caligula Effect 2 is being like why isn't Persona just this? Like you could just make one of these games every few years and it seems like it seems easy. I don't know why Persona insists on being the way it is. Because um, it really just is like, we're just doing, that whole franchise is just like, well, we're doing our same shit again. 
Um, I think it, yep. I think it's particularly bold of them to do a Nocturne remaster and like Shin Megami Tensei Five in like basically the same. It's the same year, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's the same year, and they are. Uh, I, I mean, certainly they're set up. I mean, like I I also played some some Nocturne, and it's weird. You uh, you uh, you go to a, a hospital, and there's no one at the hospital, and then you're in the demon world. Um, after, of course, you met some, you know, some cool kids and some smart kids. Um, and then, uh, you just play the game for 10 hours. They just do this. Yeah. They even let you pay extra to fight the protagonist in Shimagami Tensei 3 within Shimagami Tensei 5. Which so. they already did in Digital Devil Saga, but it was free. It came with the game. Yeah. But you couldn't hold ZR to Naruto run. That's true, I guess, but I don't care. You should. Your hair flows, but there's like hair physics and your super long blue hair trails behind you. And you're like, wow, that boy is pretty. I haven't heard much discussion around the game other than a people making fun of people being like, oh, this is Persona 5, but it's not Persona 5, and uh, B, people being like, oh, hey, that boy's pretty. I mean, again, what are you supposed to say? Well, I'm in my sixth hour of grinding, and... <laughs> it's, you know, it's good at what it is. I understand there will be plot at some point. There isn't yet. People are passing around those, like, uh demon negotiation memes which are always kind of fun mm-hmm. yeah they are good i like the one that's like i will pay you two hundred dollars to fuck off <laughs> i like the one that literally calls you a fuck boy <laughs> uh, yeah i feel like they should look like just make a person just make an smt game and then like every few years they like say a bunch of whole new like diseased internet lingo <laughs> I've got a great idea. Create an SMT game, Persona, Digital Level Saga, you know, main SMT, whatever, and hire someone to help you pace it for the first time in franchise history. <sighs> yeah, because, anyway. like, Persona 4 had the opposite problem, right? Where it just swamped you with endless dialogue that wasn't that interesting and didn't give you much room to do anything. And had long stretches of, of nothing to do. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, yep. in the hit video game, Caligula Effect 2. <laughs> yeah, in terms of uh, SMT5 not having much dialogue, um, while you were playing that, I was playing the award-winning <laughs> best narrative game, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Specifically 2021, because uh, there was also a Telltale game that everyone forgot existed. But, uh, yeah, I surprisingly, Guardians of the Galaxy, pretty good game. Like, the characters will not shut the fuck up ever. Like, they're just constantly talking. It might have the most dialogue I've ever heard in a video game. But uh, most of it is decent to tolerable to sometimes even funny. Um they do a lot of great characterization stuff, like, uh, you spend a lot of time, like, hearing about Rocket's time being used as a bioweapon and things like that, and, uh, 
you kind of get into some of the other characters most oppressive moments and things like that but uh it also is a triple a video game so this is going to be mild spoilers i'm not going to say the exact event but there's a moment later in the game where it's like oh this character has confronted their past trauma and they have now unlocked the ability to do moderate damage and heavy stagger on one enemy when you activate this ability <laughs> I mean, that's what happens when you're really committed to the cause, you know? See, Caligula Effect has this too, but the dial- but the skill descriptions are funnier. <laughs> I have a character who's, uh, who's like- who has a skill description that reads, Overcome your trauma to fire a single shot of pure conviction. Inflicts bleed and knocks <laughs> enemies down. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> also kind of like a look at the effect to um the big bad and this enemy and this game is called uh the promise which is a basically a religious cult that that basically goes into people's minds suggests okay i can bring this person back for you or i can fix this wrong that happened and uh more or less uh, mind controls them so you're basically fighting all of these friends and enemies as they're getting mind controlled and uh working to stop the promise from spreading and destroy it entirely yeah that part gets introduced like a few hours in and i guess it also might be slightly spoiler but i'm not i'm i'm bouncing around the main details so it should still be fine it's the guardians of the galaxy game i think people will be fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm mostly I can't tell how much of this is I really truly do like this game or how much this is I watched the E3 pressers where they kept talking about the game and I was filled with nothing but disgust for them and then people just kept talking about them and I ended up trying it and it turned out to be an okay game but uh yeah it's really funny that it got best narrative and uh, people just kept posting clips of people doing shot reverse shot talking um, into voids as every AAA game does when they're not doing the single camera God of War thing. Honestly <sighs> nuts it... that we let God of War get away with that. Yep. We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> this is not our fault. We did our best. We really fucking did. <laughs> Yeah, and now people have to deal with it in Halo Infinite, too, and it's pretty bad there as well. No, it's great in Halo Infinite. It's fucking hilarious. It's so pointless <laughs> watching a cutscene where it's like, oh, there's this hologram talking, and the camera just sort of spins around the room, <laughs> and you're like, what are we fucking doing? <laughs> you just, like, someone's pointing a gun at you saying, like, they'll pull the trigger if the camera ever stops moving. <laughs> that would be it. That so we're gonna like remake speed but in video in like game dev <laughs> oh i love that idea <laughs> halo infinite in stores now <laughs> yeah guardians maybe well it's constantly dropping to prices like 25 bucks and 30 bucks and for that i'd say go for it but uh yeah there are definitely other games i I've played this year that had a quote-unquote best narrative that was better than that one. Like the hit video game Caligula Effect 2. 
<laughs> also in stores now, though doesn't have a physical version. Like, I had a $50 GameStop gift card and looked for it there, but apparently it's only available digitally. Theoretically, it has a physical version. Caligula Effect 2? Yeah, I think so. I've got it physical. Yeah. Huh. I saw them on okay. Amazon. Yeah, I ordered it from Amazon. I think. No, I ordered it. I think I ordered it from GameStop. Weird, because when I went to their site, they didn't even have it listed. That's because everyone bought them all. It was too much of a hit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Some weird thing. Um, I might be able to get a link if you want one. But uh, I realized, actually, I played one other story-based game that I can basically not talk about. Yeah. Um, I'm not an, I'm not under NDA or anything, but I've been playing some of the new Final Fantasy XIV expansion, and I'm having a good time. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> what was that noise? <laughs> hey, hey, uh, hey, Olivia. You got something to fucking say? Yeah, I stopped playing Swear that up, game bitch. in 2017 and I still know everything that's happened in it since. I need you all to stop talking about it, man. Okay, listen. I can do this for you, right? No. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's good. No, it's not. The guy's name is yeah, Daniel, is. and he's the Joker. Who's? Oh, <laughs> that's true. He does suck a lot. <laughs> I mean, he's fan Daniel. He's a fan of Daniel. There's that Professor Snake-looking after- bitch I had to see so much porn of. Excuse <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the difference between my Twitter and yours. Now I get why you're so mad. When a character sucks in my games, I don't see porn of them. <laughs> actually, I didn't see actually didn't see that much porn of that guy. What's worse though is I saw a lot of like ship art of that guy. Like there's a popular Final Fantasy 14 fan artist that people retweet who like just draws their character like going on dates with this guy. And I'm like, okay, well. See, I'm sitting here mad like, oh, I, you know, I can't go too deep. I don't want to spoil for anything. But at the moment, um, he is working with a character from previous expansions who I liked a lot. He's a moron. The previous character. I, he's great, but he's a fucking idiot. He sucks. He's great. Um, and uh, we were, we were, you know, he was my boyfriend. It was great. Um, and now he's going out with this fan Daniel dipshit, and I'm just really disappointed in him. Like, listen, it's okay, you can leave me behind, but for this, this is your fucking upgrade? Um, it's sad. Fan Daniel fucking sucks. That happened to me with a man in real life. That's why, that's why you gotta be Aero Ace, baby. (laughs) No one to disappoint but yourself. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. All it's... right, we've put it off for a while. <laughs> yeah, now let's let's talk about the RPG we actually came here to discuss, I guess. Um, <laughs> we, for the month of December, we played uh, Get in the Car Loser, a new game from Love Conquers All Games, um, a.k.a. Christine Love. And uh, yeah, it's a road trip RPG styled like a JRPG where your, your friend has basically stolen an all-important sword and you're riding with other friends to basically go and face a machine (laughs) (laughs) six broke my concentration by posting a (laughs) 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 (la
<laughs> but yeah, we're going to fight a machine devil, and there's a bunch of quips about how everyone who can who has the ability to take care of this is just pushing it off and being like, oh, it'll sort itself out eventually, or it isn't the time. So you and your friends get in the car, loser, and are off to save the world. You know, yeah. I feel like it's more accurate to say that we tried to play Get in the Car Loser. I mean, we we played it. We didn't beat it. We got in the car. We were losers. I wasn't a loser. Yeah, you were. You tapped out. That's winning. We all tapped out, though. <laughs> I think I, yeah, I think I got the farthest. Did did anyone did anyone else get to Act Three? Okay, not Act Three. I got far into ch- Act Two. Okay, same. So I got yeah, to de- got- so I got to deal with Act Three on my own, huh? Uh huh. Because okay, <laughs> so we we played this game. We played a lot of this game. I played. I really wish I had Steam up so that I would know immediately that I played eight point five hours of this game. Um, and I I tried. I tried so hard, but this I reached a point with this game where I just didn't want to do it anymore on like a deep fundamental level and so i sent to the group chat hey can we just stop this one and both of you within five minutes were like yeah sure so let's like let's talk about that i yeah i want to like I don't know how to phrase this exactly because I this is going to be a very harsh statement, but it's also true, and I am not trying to be mean, right? I have one of those statements. I, I hate have like, this game. <laughs> yeah, I have two of those statements exactly. Um, it, it yeah. is it is tricky to talk about. I think on some because I think on some level it's a matter of taste, right? I feel like some of this. The stuff in this game is just going to work for people in a way that it's not going to work for me. And so Mm -hmm. I don't want to... So, like... I don't want to just, you know, brandish my hand and be like, bad video game. But also, I feel like this game is, like, banal. And just uninteresting in a very deep way. And I find a lot of the stuff that it is going for just, like... I have contempt for it. Yeah, like, just to give a bit of background from where I'm coming from, from all this, like, I'm a huge fan of Chris C. Love's games, for the most part. Like, they are very important to me. Like, uh, don't take it personally. I've, I've t- I told the story somewhat before through Lady Killer in a Bind when we were covering that, but... Don't take it personally, babe. Literally helped me figure out I was queer. Like, just seeing a relationship like that in a game for the first time was like, oh, this makes more sense to me than anything else. I guess I'm queer. And uh, along the same lines, Lady Killer in a Bind was the moment that, like, Lady Killer in a Bind helped me realize what you could do with an erotic story more or less and it was a very captivating game and i still like it a whole lot and uh this game is just the writing is often insufferable to me which is really surprising because i love the way that she's written her previous games but the first big boss you fight in this game calls you a snowflake and uh 
I guess depending on how you take that will basically determine how you feel about the writing in general because that was a moment for me where it was like, oh, this is this is bad, huh? Yeah, let's let's start with how this game is like seems to have fallen out of a time portal from like four years ago. Like, did did anyone else feel like this game was weirdly like Trump era, you know? Totally. I mean, you know, listen, making games takes a long fucking time, but yes. Like, you get called a snowflake, there's like an in- the first boss calls you a snowflake, the second boss is like a weird incel guy, um, and it just has this very, like, it has this very, like, kind of like, capital R resistance vibe, where it's like, there, there are bad guys, and we're gonna... It's this very, like, um... Do you remember that time on, on Twitter when everyone was really talking about, like, was everyone was just, like, punch Nazis? This was, like, a big... This was, like, a mm-hmm. meme that people were really invested in. This game's, like, very much that, where it's, like, there's some bad guys out there in the world, and we're gonna get out there, and we're gonna punch them. And they will crumple the second that we hit them because ultimately they're just weird little incels. In this way, yep. in this way that like the punch Nazis meme was very off-putting to me originally because it's like, uh, well, it's because it's like, well, nothing is really that simple, is it? And if you convince yourself that like all you got to do is one thing in order to topple, you know, these these people, then you know, you're going to do that one thing and then it won't work and you're going to be discouraged. Like, you have to really look at what's going on in the world. It's kind of exactly the same as it is with this, where, like, when I say this game is banal, it's just because it's, like, it's, you know, there's a lot of talk about these, like, machine devil cultist guys and, like, ultimately, they're just weird little incel guys with, like, a JRPG skin and that's incredibly boring to me and I don't care about it. Yeah, like the inciting incident is uh, you as Sam basically getting the the car pulls up and you jump in, and right before that happens, several of the machine devil cultists are like, "Oh, what's the matter? You don't want to debate us?" And it just feels very, <laughs> it, it feels very much like they, it feels very captured of a time, and this simplifies is... <laughs> simplifies things. Yeah, those sections are written like. You get the, like, you get the vibe of, like, they're just written by someone who's, like, deeply mad at a bunch of, like, chuds that they talk to on Twitter. And then they, like, they're like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write them in my game is, like, obviously ridiculous. And that'll really show them. Like, it's got this real, like, owning my old high school bullies feel. Um, in a way that's really off-putting. <sighs> yeah. And, uh, before we gathered for this uh carrie pointed out a tweet to me that christine made um like last month basically being like all the characters talk like twitter and i mean yeah obviously but the reason why is because for the past four years every time i thought of something that'd be a banger tweet i instead put it into the game that pays my rent and uh that's a fair approach but also it means that yeah everything feels like it's a rebuttal at um some it, it it feels like everything is written like a rebuttal, except it's coming years later in the form of a fake JRPG villain 
which are clearly Nazis, but they're not calling them Nazis. It's something. And, you know, there's a, like... It's, you know, it's a different situation because this, you know, this happens when you're when you're when you're basically drawing from from real references, right? Like Christine is not inventing these people really. She is she is doing like a a a pastiche of, you know, a, a real type of person, but she also is kind of playing this game where she's inventing a person to get mad at. Like I don't know, when you both do the thing of not develop them as characters, which I don't want you to, but when you do that and then also aren't willing to literally tie them to a real political movement and just have them be, like, followers of the of the machine devil, it just feels toothless. I don't want you to necessarily, like, develop these things as characters, but I want the, right. I want the caricature to be at least, like, something more interesting than this. Because they're really just not interesting. I don't even have any, like, involvement. I don't have any, like, interest in watching the parties, like, beat the shit out of this guy. Because they're just not interesting. It's just, like, a weird little incel dude, and I don't want to see him. I don't even want to see him get beat up. Yeah. Yeah. And then the act of beating up in this game is, uh... I really hate the combat in this game. Like, the way that it works is that uh, the three of you, or later on the four of you, um, are put into a situation where each one of you has a countdown timer, and when your countdown expires, uh, you can press the button associated with that specific party member to do an ability. You use the right bumper to switch between your various abilities, and uh, if you hit right bumper enough times... um, a special sword attack will go out and will potentially stun the enemies in front of you. And uh, there's just something about the way that it's constructed that's really off-putting to me. Like, essentially, what you, the way that you structure your attacks in this is through a menu. You're basically choosing a specific artifact to do a specific attack for each of the slots. You're pumping a bunch of other items into those artifacts to make them stronger and uh you're you essentially get access to stronger ones by leveling leveling everyone's artifacts up past a certain point but then that also means that you're often just stuck at the same level as you're swapping a two plus for a three item since a two plus and a three are the same strength and uh yeah, I didn't really feel like I had much of an excuse to experiment with what I was putting into any of these. I just did the things that worked and advanced because I was just not having a good time with the combat at any point. I'm going to say something controversial, and maybe maybe neither of you will agree with me. Maybe I'll get flack, but I don't care. I'm going to speak my truth. I don't care about the haters. I don't care if I get canceled. Active time battles are for losers. <laughs> I can't stand that shit. I've hated it since the first Final Fantasy game I played, and it, I hate it. Do not put it. Don't make me navigate a menu on a time pressure. I'll kill you. Yeah, I much prefer it. Like, if you're going to have 
combat going at that pace. I prefer it to be like an action RPG where you have full control over your character and uh, some of your abilities have cooled down, but you're still you still have the ability to dodge at your own whim and uh, you have one attack that you could just do at any time, that kind of thing. I just think in this game especially, it creates this like awful loop where like you're just trying to hit all of your buttons as fast as possible and then things happen and you're like, why did that happen? Some enemies heal themselves. I have no idea, like, how often or why. Are they absorbing my elements? Do they have a healing skill that they're using? I know some of the enemies are healers. Um, but that, like, sometimes other enemies just seem to heal. Uh, I would get stuck in loops where, like, an enemy was healing as much damage as I was doing to them. And I had no idea why the fuck that was happening. Um... I had enemies that I w- I only figured out, like, halfway figured out how to beat them by, like, doing a cheese strategy. Because I just didn't understand what the fuck was happening. Because um, if you put five fucking timers in front of my face, I'm just going to focus on maximizing my fucking APM. And I hate having that pressure in front of me when, like, theoretically I'm supposed to be strategizing. Um... I have no idea how long, like, Valentine's Taunt lasts. I have no idea how much, like, I'm healing for with these healing spells. Because I don't have any time or, like, brain power to focus on anything. Because I'm just looking at the five fucking timers in front of me. Yeah, and when you're healing in this, you're not actually healing anyone. You're just giving them temporary armor for the fight. But any damage you accrue on the battlefield is... Something you can only heal by digging into snacks when you're back on the road. Like, uh, they could just rename it to something like armor, but I got into some tough spots because I didn't initially realize that healing wasn't actually healing until I got into a few fights and I was like, oh, why am I already at 10% health for this one character? Yeah, I also have an issue with the fonts in this game. I find the text difficult to read. Um, on, in the, like, and this is, I I say this because, like, it took me a while to comprehend the different screens, like the battle results screen at some times, um, because I would just find the fonts difficult to parse. And so it took me, like, an hour or so before I was like, oh, it shows you your health bar on the battle results screen and, like, the percentage that your health went down to. Okay. Um... Hmm. But it's it's difficult to read at first. I would always find myself getting lost on the fucking equipment menu. Because the little thing that highlights what piece of equipment your your cursor is currently on. Just, it doesn't stick out to me. From, no. from the rest of the stuff. And so I would frequently just get lost. And I would have to like press that directional buttons randomly until the screen shifted enough that I could be like, Oh, okay, I'm on this specific artifact. Yeah, I found the equipping items screen really disorienting as well. The text issue I didn't have, but um, I think I like I'm not willing to say like like you, Olivia. I'm not here to say like this is like a straight up bad game because I think you know there's you know some parts of this that'll work for people or whatever. I am here to say the combat is straight up bad. I think the combat sucks ass. Yeah, and every time they introduced a new level of complexity, it wasn't in an interesting way. It just aggravated me more. Like, by the time you get to Act 2 and they start working elemental attacks in there, 
the main issue with that is that like you have to pay attention to what the element is on your attack bar versus the enemy's health bar because if you're just hitting the same element that they have you're just healing them and uh mm -hmm. oh. yeah I... all right that's why i was getting in those combat loops yep oh okay <laughs> It's, yep, it's, that's what happens. If if they tell you that hitting an enemy with their element heals them, I didn't get it. Like, I did not see that part. I think they say it once, like, in just a tiny little screen that goes by. Um, I um, kept checking the itch page because uh, Christine was in the comments, like, offering advice and feedback to people. So I got that reinforced. But... Um, yeah, I mean, there's 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 that element. There's also just like, I mean, we can't talk about the worst fight yet. We have to save that one. Um, oh no, I have a, and I. <laughs> I have like a, I have like a two, I have like a tie for worst fight. Really? Um, well, I also had a fight, um, which was one of the like the quests in uh, in Act Two to uh, fight a group of enemies called the Jerk Patrol. Um, Normally, the Jerk Patrol, I find, are not that big a deal. They're, like, very weak enemies that uh, will summon up uh, allies, but you can kill them slightly faster than they can summon. For whatever reason, the Quest one summoned at exactly the same pace as you killed them. I was there for 20 minutes, as they just, like, it was just whack-a-mole. I just hit one, another one would come up, and it just kept fucking going. I must have killed 50 of those fucking things. I believe the quest is actually to kill like thirty of them, and then they stop. Is, oh, is that what? Is that? I didn't notice that part of it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense then. But it's just like this just doesn't fucking end. There's a thing with this game, right? Where like the battle, the battle system has like places where you can futz with it, but it also has certain. Advent, like limitations on it that are overwhelming to a degree where it's like you can't it feels like you can't strategize your way out of it and may and maybe this is going to be our segue into like the worst boss fight of the game but like you know there's things where it's like okay i guess i could mess with the order of my skills and like the the way in which i use them and, and blah, blah, blah. But, like, if you happen to be stuck at a rank lower than the enemy you have to fight, they're just gonna deal, like, a third more damage to you. And you're working in, like, small enough numbers that that's just gonna fuck you. Like, there are just some things that you can't do much about. Um, and so when fights get, like, frustrating like that, when you just slightly can't kill a guy faster than he spawns another guy, there's a point where you're like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. um and, and yeah do you want to know do you want to talk about the dlc boss i d i just want to say one more thing before we get to it which is that i also think one of the big like one of the biggest problems which seems the easiest to fix to me is that when you start the battle you have to wait to act and the enemies don't mm -hmm. which combined with the fact that you can take permanent damage is just ridiculous i had fights where i was of proper level and still, I had a character dead by the time I could move. Yeah. I'll say that the boss that made me quit this game uh, was because after after this whole fucking rigmarole to get to this boss, I got there. And then, like, he killed Valentin, like, before I even got a single, like, defense buff off. Mm -hmm. Just 
just hit them four times in a row before I could act. And I was like, okay, fuck this. I'm done with this. Like, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, yeah. And that was more of a factor of everything that I had gone through to get up to this boss. But, like, when the boss is really frustrating and the rest of the game is also not fun, you don't want to strategize through it and you don't want to suffer through it. Yeah. Um, but as as Olivia was hinting at, um, maybe the worst fight in the game, uh, you know, you, you went further, so you got to see a, another contender, is the uh, boss of the first dlc currently there's only one dlc out it's this you know beach episode basically um and at the end of it you fight a lady with a bunch of swords and her girlfriend and that fight is torture that fight took me 40 minutes yeah like four zero minutes of pressing buttons every like four seconds you know Mm -hmm. the the shit that I went through, my hand hurt at the end of that fight. I had to go, like, lie down. I put an ice pack on my hand. Uh, it's bad. And it's bad because, like, she has this ability the boss does where she'll just, like, deal 100 damage to a character and kill them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know how you got around it, Six, but I got... I got so what I did was I got Valentin one rank higher than the boss, so they took like reduced damage, and then I gave them a five battle energy, which is like an item that raises their rank one rank further, so they took less damage, and they were like just barely able to survive if they had like completely full health at the time the boss activates this attack, which is every single round. So like I, yeah. I just put on, like, two taunts and an attack that auto-healed on Valentin. Sam had full healing, and then it was just the last two characters dealing pitiful damage to this boss while I spent a whole party making sure that my tank did Like, half the party making sure the tank didn't die. And the boss had no way to beat me, but it was absolutely miserable. 40 minutes... Of just grinding her down. And it was bad. And also I was stuck there because I couldn't go back to the main game. Right. Yeah, you can't leave the DLC once you get into it. Um, so I think my approach was better and didn't go any faster. Um, so I uh, had to grind. I didn't think of the multiple taunt strategy. I guess I should have. Uh, I had to grind everyone up to the highest level you could get to. And then give everyone a five battle energy. And then everyone could survive the one hit barely, except for sometimes they couldn't for no fucking reason. Um, but even then, I mean, like, the thing that's so infuriating about that fight is that this whole game has this fucking stagger mechanic where you're like, okay, it's like Final Fantasy 13. You, you, you raise their stagger meter and then they're staggered and you do extra damage and they can't fight back. Um, and she'll just randomly stop being staggered. She'll just decide to not be staggered anymore. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and not just like, she'll just, you know, go back to normal. She always ends it with a powerful move. She will do 70% to your entire party or a hundred percent to one person or heal herself for the damage I've done for the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. Jesus. It is. <laughs> 
so unbelievably dog shit that I will never play another game Christine Love makes that has mechanics. I will not fucking do it. She sucks at this. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I think Six might be madder at this game than I am. (laughs) I'm madder at that fight because you're like, oh, I beat it and it took me 40 minutes. When I beat it, it took me 40 minutes. The three other tries, where it turned out I wasn't high enough level, took half an hour each. It? Why can you not just go back to the game at that point? What happened in the code there? Was it crashing the game? And why do the difficulty settings do fucking nothing? Mm -hmm. They're pointless. The difficulty setting that lets you auto-heal at the end of each fight... That's nice. You can't turn that on independent of the other setting. You can't toggle the two difficulty settings independently. You can turn on easy mode, which slows all the fights down to 50% speed, which doesn't make anything easier. All the same stuff still happens, and you're still on the same time limits. It just makes all the fights take twice as fucking long, and that fight is already fucking 40 minutes! I understand understand the rationale behind having a an option to slow down the timers for execution's sake. Um, yeah. If you're having difficulty executing on that level. Um, but yeah, I never wanted to do that because it seemed like it... it it's also like it was a punishment. <laughs> because it yeah. would make the battles longer. Which Yeah, not only does want. it make the battles longer, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't slow down the stagger speed either. So <laughs> at, at one point it felt like I was at a disadvantage because <laughs> I had it set to story mode and uh, it would, I would do an attack and I was like, oh, I have, I can't really stagger this person as well as I could have because like their meter is dropping at the same speed and I have to wait like seven seconds sensitive five seconds to attack next time man further proving my point active time battles are for chumps i can't go as far as olivia I, I, it's there the are, losers uh, rpg method there are active time <laughs> battle systems i like quite a lot i think it is harder to do than people realize and i think people often do it wrong i think people have like i think people went on new grounds too much and got this fucking idea in their heads that there's something wrong with a normal turn-based battle system. And active time makes you feel like you're doing shit when you're fucking not. And so now this is like some kind of standard in the West of like what a good RPG fighting system is. When it's not, it sucks ass. Give me a menu. I can't think of a Western one that I like. You're right about that. Give me a fucking menu to peruse at my leisure. <laughs> Yeah, th- this one really wants to tie itself to Final Fantasy VII as well. Like, the title screen has um, the Sword of Fate um, positioned in a similar way to the Final Fantasy VII um, title screen. This game's battle system couldn't fucking tie Final Fantasy VII's shoes. Fuck <laughs> uh, um, Final Fantasy VII. Sure! Still way better than this! <laughs> I like it. I'm not I'm not nuts over it. Comparing the two is not laughable because I don't have a sense of humor right now. I'm just angry. I wish you would cloud strife to the poles. (laughs) (laughs) 
That wasn't funny. What? Why did you do laugh? We just need an outlet. All right, Olivia. I guess <laughs> you have a lot of emotion in here. Uh, yeah. Okay. Can I can I talk about Act Three, which is yeah, the part of this ahead. game that broke me? So did did uh, did you two get up to the boss of Act Two, the weird incel guy? No. No. Okay. So the boss of Act Two is a weird incel guy. It's like Valentin's like ex boyfriend, um, and he's like a. I can't stress this enough. His whole thing is just being like a weird, like alt right incel guy, um, and then Act and they beat him, and then Act Three is that like Sam, who's the main character of the game, has like a mental breakdown in the car from the fact that the weird guy from act two never once referred to her as a woman um, because Sam is trans. And so it erases all the other characters from the car. And it's just Sam talking to herself, having this breakdown in the car and you're just going and every time that you, that Sam says a line, you know, you advance a kilometer on the road until you have to fight a battle, you know? Mm-hmm. And it is, like, the absolute dog shit worst part of this game. <laughs> because there's, again, there's no, no other characters are talking. It's just her. You're just going. She's just talking endlessly about, frankly, problems that are not interesting. <laughs> like... It's a really, in a way, it's a really, like, realistic depiction of mental illness. And that ultimately, when you get down to it, it is not, like, interesting to hear. Your brain is just broken. Like, you just have a problem with your brain, okay? Um, and so there's not actually anything compelling about going over, like, the the, the faulty and broken logic in, in, you know, that her brain's putting her through. Um, so she's just talking, and then it completely kind of, like, destroys the flow of the game. Because where, like, previously I could still kind of vibe with it. Because you're just watching characters, like, banter and have conversations about stuff. And then occasionally you do a battle and it's fine. But when it's just a monologue from a character who's just, like, monologuing about her, like, bad brain shit. Um, and then you're just getting interrupted every few seconds to do a battle um and that's it it's interminable like it was i was truly suffering going through it um and then you get to the end of this part and there's like the boss and the boss is like the cis version of sam and his name is dead name and then that's the boss that destroyed valentin in four hits and i'm like this sucks so much I do not care about this, even slightly, not at all, and so I asked to quit the game. Yeah, that that sounds infuriating. Like, um, I was already feeling kind of eh about some of the characterization stuff, just because, like, it often just feels like the bantering is Twitter jokes, and that can be okay to sit through, but... It's also a situation where I never really felt compelled to keep playing, like confession time i guess um 
before you asked to delay it, um, when we initially were like, okay, let's push it back a week and we'll be able to get it done. I had played it for a total of 50 minutes because just the act of playing it was very unpleasant. Like, there's nothing within the dialogue that's really holding you there. It just feels... It really does feel like I'm browsing Twitter and I could just quit the game and continue to browse Twitter and that would be a more fulfilling experience than just sitting in this car, occasionally choosing between six different uh, responses to a line that occasionally comes up. Um, but yeah, hearing that it goes that way is really frustrating, especially when it felt like they were... It, it felt like they were doing okay things previously when Sam would say something that's super self-aggrandizing and... Uh, the other characters would chime in to be like, hey, don't talk about yourself like that. I think you mean self-deprecating. Self-deprecating, I'm sorry. Self-aggrandizing is, is just... the other one. Yeah, brain is just overheating <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> no, they like... But yeah. And, like, neither of you two got to this part, so, like, you didn't see it firsthand, but it's like... Have you have you seen the, like, TV Evangelion Sure. Yes. My reference point is like, what if you were watching the last two episodes of TV Evangelion and it was just Shinji talking about his mental illness, but you had to fight RPG battles every minute or so? Yeah. And then the um, several, like, the two episodes get stretched over several hours. It wasn't several hours. It was really more like, I'd say it was more like an hour, an hour and a half, but still... Oh, and then these title cards start showing up. Like, in response to things that Sam says, there are these, like, glitch title cards that will, like, have something to say on them. And they just take away all control of you for, like, three seconds. And it's... It sucks so much. Because <laughs> it just feels like a like an author voice, like, talking down to you. Like, there, there's a bit where Sam will talk, and then a title screen will come up, and it'll be like, nobody likes seeing you trash yourself. And it's like, yeah, okay, I guess. But fuck off. <laughs> I don't want to hear this from you. <laughs> Stop interrupting the thing I don't like to feed me more of this crap. Hey, <sighs> Act 3 was really bad. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, 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 you know, not having seen it, but hearing your description, I, I, I guess I get what, what she's going for. And I can sort of appreciate the value of that. But like, I don't know. I, Christine Love has done a lot of, of games with queer characters and done them to, I would say, varying degrees of effectiveness. And this seems like a real low point. But this also comes right after we covered Heart of the Woods, which is a game that I had a lot of problems with. But one of the things that I said was a thing I like about Heart of the Woods is they're willing to portray queer dialogue in a way that isn't just like so many games. And I think especially this one and, and a lot of Christine Love games show queer dialogue where it's just like, look at how like clever and funny we are. Um, and then like sort of trips and falls when showing the ways that we can 
be like shitty or fall short, right? Like I, I think Heart of the Woods and the way its characters failed to communicate at times was hard for me to to swallow, but at times I totally got. And this is just like people saying like, man, I sure am gay over and over. Yeah, these characters have like, they have one interaction and it's to like flirt with each other in ways that are just like incredibly like awkward to sit through. And then sometimes they seem to like distress Sam to a point where now I feel like now I feel as a viewer like, ah, geez, I wish somebody would pick up on this. And then the third act is just her talking about this for ages. And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, it feels like there's this idea that, like, truly embracing your queer nature is to flirt all the time. And, like, if that's how you deal with it, that's fine. That's not the universal solution. That's a shitty solution. Yeah, I think, Jen, you compared it to Twitter a few times. It honestly reminds me a lot more of, like, like some bad trans discords I've been in, which is just people flirting with each other nonstop. Mm-hmm. And those in spaces like that where I've been like, hey, does anyone want to talk about the Caligula effect too? <laughs> or something? <laughs> or just like, can we talk about anything else, please? Yeah. Things get a little bit more interesting when Angela comes into the picture just because uh, she has a different perspective than everyone else and is just really curious about things. But, uh... but then she boils and down also- to the same shit. She's, you know... Fucking Grace is like, you do have a good ass. And then Angela's like, that ass doth be fine. And you're like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, eventually she does start doing the exact same quiz as everyone else. Just from a more innocent perspective, I guess. Or at least playing innocent. And, like, Christine Love has written characters that do this stuff better before like going back to lady killer in a bind you're basically on the ship with a bunch of um it's almost like going into a den of vipers just because everyone is constantly finding ways to get at one another and uh it's very quippy in that regard but there's this sense that everyone knows that they're playing a game with one another and uh even the protagonist, the beast, here to do what she needs to do. She herself is getting a lot of enjoyment out of it. And uh, I feel like that specific can't be everyone has an agenda and is trying something different. That works better than this specific. Everyone is in a car and just as general. Oh, hey, you're cute. Oh, you're cute, too. Oh, I've been around a lot of cute people, but you're also very cute. (laughs) Yeah, the specific way that characters in this game will use the word cute instead of the word hot at times. That was for me like, oh god, this is exactly like that Discord. (laughs) Like, like it's... I I feel like this game is like very true... The writing is very true to life in a lot of ways, and I've said this before, but like in the worst ways... It felt like, yeah, yeah, you really grabbed the spirit of, like, a Discord that I was in for six months before quitting because I couldn't take it anymore. 
Yeah, you've really captured the feeling of like seeing a friend of a friend talking in real depth about their mental illness on Twitter and just kind of being like, uh, should I say something? Yeah, and, and zero replies as everyone doesn't know how to what to say. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I kind of feel like you should get over yourself, but like, I, we're not, we don't have the relationship where I can be like, just get over it. <sighs> Or not just get over it, but there's points in Act 3 where Sam gets into this thing of, like, I know I sh- you know, I feel this kind of way. I know that I shouldn't feel like this kind of way for these reasons. In fact, it's, like, kind of pathetic and, like, self-aggrandizing of me to, like, get so deep in my own head about these things that, like, ultimately don't matter and, like, be unable to talk to other people about them. But I still keep doing this stuff. And it's like, well, what do you want me to say? Yeah, it sounds like you you found the answer. <laughs> sounds like you sounds like you figured it out, but you need you need a push. I don't know how to push you in that way. You're gonna talk for thirty more minutes though. Hold on, there's an RPG battle coming up. It's yeah, it's cliche to say that uh, these characters need therapy, but uh, at at a certain point when you're constantly coming to the same conclusions and realizing you have this problem, but you keep circling around to it without ever surpassing that problem, that's definitely a, hey, you should probably look into seeing a therapist situation. I just don't really want to see it in my RPG. I don't find it interesting. It wasn't compelling. It was presented in a way that seemed like it would just, it was just geared to drag it out to infinity. And then what was my reward for getting through it? It's a shit boss fight. And I'm like, well, never mind. And like, you know, we we all we are all speaking with this tacit understanding. But like for anyone who doesn't know us, like this is all shit that we fucking struggle with. Right. Like this is the game kind of representing problems we fucking deal with and does it in a way that it pisses us off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like this is. This is a podcast filled with queer people, and we're still like, oh, this is really frustrating. Yeah, queer people with anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, and I think that's part of my disconnect and why I say it's like a matter of taste. I'm sure there are some people for who will feel like, who will really feel a connection to Sam and this monologue that she goes through. But like, I'm not in college. I'm almost 30 years old. Like, I've, I'm done with this shit, and I don't want to see it in a video game. I don't think it's particularly interesting to me. And not well represented enough to be, like, you know, useful for someone else. I mean, maybe it's useful for someone. I can't say what's going to be useful for any individual person, That's but, fair. like, from my perspective, I was just done with it. That's fair. Yeah, I was kind of done with it when I got 30, 40 minutes into the game and <laughs> I kept playing, but uh, it was a situation where it was like, I felt so relieved when eventually everyone was like, hey, let's maybe think about stopping this. Yeah. It's weird to this. It's weird that this is like the one game we've ever stopped on this podcast, but like, <laughs> I'm sorry. It just wasn't good. No. You know, a visual novel, you can just keep clicking through. And if it's bad, hey, you start skimming, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, But, man. 
I just did not, I didn't want to fight this dead name guy. Like, I just didn't want to strategize about it. I didn't want to, like, try to reload another save and see if I could manage my fucking trinkets better on the way up to this guy. I'm just tired of it. Yeah, if I could have turned off the battles, I would have finished this. Oh, yeah. Like, if if we could just get rid of the mechanics entirely, I would have definitely seen it at the end as well. Just, Probably still I, would have been pretty annoyed about it, but, you know. <laughs> I just want to know, is the machine devil Donald Trump? Like, how Trump is the machine devil? Are we on? Are we working on that level? That's the only thing I really would want to know. We could probably Google like final boss fight and see what it looks like if we wanted. <laughs> we could, maybe we should have, <laughs> but we did not. I didn't care enough. Which is fair, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, like. I don't, I, I don't care enough to, to learn whether or not the, like, metaphor for Trump surrounded by a bunch of other metaphors for Trump is a really direct metaphor for Trump visually. Like, I don't fucking care anymore. <laughs> the other thing, the only other thing I want to say about this game for getting email, before we get to emails... Um, which was just really funny to me. Every time I told somebody that we were doing this game, they had the exact same reaction of like, oh, yeah, I was kind of interested. Is that game out? And I had to be like, yeah, it's out, man. It came out like a month ago. (laughs) Um, It was a situation where it had one of the most bizarre releases ever. A, it was a stealth release in that, like, people had an idea of what month it was coming out. But uh, at some point, Christine just tweeted out, oh, hey, it's out now. And it's also free. And it there was a problem where it wasn't out in the right way, where it's supposed to be a free game, but it was charging people to try and download it. So there was a period of time where people, when it was supposedly out, couldn't get it properly. So I think that only lasted for a little bit of time, but it was released in a busy month and kind of flew under everyone's radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it was kind of, I think the like thing where it was free, but you could pay for DLC to like, if you wanted to pay for it. I think that's a fine like scheme, but when you kind of drop it on people, it's a little confusing. I think that. Yeah, because there wasn't any discussion beforehand that this was going to be how it was. It was just released like this. So it took me a good little bit of time before I realized, oh, it's something I can just download. Okay. All right. I, I've i run out of stuff that I would want to say. Yeah, I guess I would just also say maybe don't play this game. <laughs> well, we got a bunch of emails from some folks that uh, either did or are curious about it. Um, start off with an email we received, uh, you know, several weeks ago. Uh, this one is from... Alex. Hello, everyone. This really was serendipity. I was looking for an excuse to play this game, and this episode was the perfect reason. Playing this game feels like remembering the past five years all at once. This game coming to coming into an existence because of Charlottesville keeps hitting me, but at the same time, I am so much more radical now than I was five years ago. 
I found myself really frustrated while playing this game, or frustrated sometimes while playing this game, both because of gameplay and the story. The game feels both too hard and too easy often. If you do the first DLC early, you can come out with some really good equipment that you keep that can keep you on the cutting edge, except when enemies take a level jump and you have to scramble to buy new stuff again. But on the other hand, the way the DLC felt a little like I was being mocked for wondering if the whole game was going to happen in the car. Uh, as for the story, I just really like... I am so much more radical than this game's message because I feel this game is too much of the snapshot of 2017. Meanwhile, time has kept going for me. Uh, sorry, just switching screenshots. And I read a lot of things and had a lot of things happen to me. So all the discussions about why don't the powers that be do anything about fascism fall on deaf ears? Why would someone cut off their own right hand? Overall, I am glad I played this game and that it exists, and I found myself hollering I won't falter in this face of evil every time. Questions. If you could go on a road trip to kill the spirit of America, who would you take with you? Peace, Alex. Yeah, I forgot there was a reference to, like, Charlottesville in there. Um, that felt really weird. Yeah. I don't know. I was just kind of thinking, like, a real woman died. <laughs> like... Uh, it felt kind of tasteless to me. Yeah. Yeah. The right. I won't falter in the face of evil was hype, though. That's true. It wasn't until they, like, explained where it came from, and it was tied in with the Charlottesville reference, and I was like... What was it? Did I not just not pay attention? Or? Yeah, so they... There's... Oh. They, they talk about a... Maybe, maybe it's the incel boss who says this. But, like, they have a conversation with the machine devil guy where they talk about how, like, there some there was a woman who was killed by machine devil cultists at a protest. Um, and she had a sign that said, I won't falter in the face of evil. And it's, like, it, it's very clearly, it feels like a, like a reference to, like, Charlottesville and the death of Heather, Heather Heyer. And it just feels tasteless to me. Like, I don't know. I have a lot of reservations about the way that, like, her death was, you know, used on Twitter at the time. And so, like, again, it comes up here and I'm like, I don't know about this. Mm -hmm. Now that you've explained it, that whole text treatment seems a lot less cool to me. <laughs> I think it's, fine as, yeah, a, in terms I think of the it's fine as a thing to yell in your JRPG. And then when you try to tie it back to, like, a real the real world death of, of somebody, it's like... It makes it a whole. It makes it a whole lot more complicated. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I guess in terms of the question, if I were to go and face a source of ultimate evil, I'd probably just take all my friends with me <laughs> because having a bunch of friends going at once seems like it would make fighting the ultimate evil more easily. It, it would make it would make fighting the ultimate evil easier. Well, then you have to name names, Jen. That's the point here. You have to exclude people. You're not taking okay. me because I would get really annoying. If I was going on a road trip to, to kill the spirit of America, I'd want to take Naruto with me. Hell yeah. Naruto would probably get it done pretty well. I'll just get my depressing answer out of the way real quick. I'd go by myself because I assume I wouldn't make it back. Go ahead, Jen. Have your fun answer. 
Oh, I was just gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess my answer would just be like I'd go with um, Kyrie. I'd try to take six long, but it sounds like six doesn't want to go. No, I just feel like I'd I be would... a bad pick. I'd be happy to go, just you'd regret it. Yeah, I'd bring Olivia. I'd bring Ow. pretty much. That's a lot. I have work <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'd bring pretty much anyone who I think would be cool essentially don't bring nick please god don't bring nick if you, <laughs> you can bring nick or you can bring me you cannot bring us both yeah if we brought nick along <laughs> nick would just start playing wipe out the entire car ride <laughs> just load up a 30 hour loop of Wipeout from youtube and uh hook it up to the ox it'd be rough uh yeah um and and I think a, a lot of the concerns about the game, uh, we we also <laughs> experienced and talked about here. Um, I I did find actually that the DLC equipment made me overpowered for approximately five minutes, and then everything just level jumped up to like fucking oblivioned its way up to being just as strong, and everything was all annoying again. The DLC equipment fucked me because I was in a point I was at a point with this game where I had like. I had way more money than I knew how to do deal with, so I was like, well, I guess I might just start spending this irresponsibly to to level up my DLC equipment. And then, like, within 30 minutes, they they had a whole new thing of equipment that cost way more money, so now I was, like, in a money crunch. Mm. Uh, which sucked. That's rough. Damn. It is rough. Uh, our next question here is from Amber. Uh, hey, I have mixed feelings about this game, mostly negative. I bounced off the combat and some of the aesthetics really hard, and I had to push myself to finish it. <laughs> Stronger than us. Uh, uh, God bless, God bless. <laughs> so, I have lots of questions. Some of them are honest-to-God open-ended questions. Some of them are more loaded. Um, I, uh, I'm gonna note the ones that we've already talked about, basically. Um... Uh, do you find the gameplay tedious? We've addressed that. Um, do you, was the writing too on the nose? Again, addressed. Uh, gameplay tedious. Writing also tedious. Uh, what did you think of the game's extremely Twitter sense of humor? <laughs> Bad. <laughs> uh, did you find Sam's big, big breakdown to be compelling or at least interesting? Uh, Olivia did not. The two other two of us did not get here. So that leaves us with, with two questions that are unaddressed. Uh, one... What did you think of the game's aesthetics? And two, what did you think were the best and worst moments in the story? I thought the game's look was pretty strong. Like, um, it has a, like, at the beginning of every act, it does a thing where it switches over to a flashing, now playing situation where you get a bit from the radio DJ chiming in for a bit. Uh, the way that... You were constantly just looking at the kilometers ticking away, preparing yourself to get to the eventual end. That was an interesting choice. Um, I liked how you more or less chose your difficulty at times just by switching lanes, and uh, that was all pretty well represented. Um, I also really like that you get a little travel photo every time you defeat an enemy. 
that's a, that was kind of a cute touch. They needed more of them, though. One per character was not enough. For sure. <laughs> yeah, it felt like it was trying to emulate some of that Final Fantasy XV feeling at times. Like, they even... At some point, you run out of gas and a character even says, oh, what's going to happen now? Are we just going to push it while Stand By Me plays? And that was a little on the nose, but uh, for the most part, I do think that there should be more games that take this road trip, like this road trip situation and run with it. And I'm glad another game is doing that. Yeah, I thought kind of the the aesthetics were, were fine. Um beyond uh accepting my like one issue where i was always trying to read the text and figure out where i am on the damn menu other than that yeah mostly fine um i have beef with the battle music after hearing it for so long um i just feel like we are in a we're in we've like reached a point in the development of civilization where you should have figured out a way to, you should have figured out a better solution than just playing the exact same 30 seconds of the battle theme every single time. Well, it's, I feel like it's worse when there's vocals and the vocals keep starting over. Um, I am the person here who didn't think the song was that good to begin with. I, it was fine, but. Baby, you're mine. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's the thing. Seriously, for real, Caligula Effect Two does this better. Um, where they, where the getting big boss baby vibes. <laughs> where be okay? There was a two week period of my life where I just went to work, came home, played an hour of this game. Of this game, went whew, done with that, and then played three hours of Caligula Effect and went to bed. That was my life. Anyway, because Caligula Effect does this thing where each dungeon has the dungeon and the battle music are the same and so each dungeon has its own track and the track is playing as an instrumental while you're running around the dungeon and then you get into a fight and the vocals kick in so you hear different parts of the track in different battles um and then you also get like a cool swell of vocals when the music comes in and it really it's cool whenever you happen to like hit the chorus of the song um right when the vocals come in and it's cool (laughs) I just, we've already figured out how to do this better, so I don't understand why here we're just sticking with the old classics that everyone knows the problem with. Yeah, that that sounds really good. And I have plenty of bad things to say about something like Persona 5, but it works there because that opening violin bit is just so fucking good. Like, Shoji Maguro is just a masterclass composer, so... And also, even then, you have more than one battle theme. That too. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I, you made me think of a thing that I haven't thought of in a long time, which is, uh, I have, I'm not super hot on super meat boy, but one of the things that was sick is when you're on the level select, it was playing the music. And then if you switched over the dark world, it smooth, like smoothly transitioned to the dark world version of the song right in that place. And you could swap back and forth. It was really sick. That's all. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What was the other question aside from aesthetics? Um, uh, best and worst moments in the story. Um, Don't know if I, I got think... a best. <laughs> to be quite <laughs> honest. Um, I liked ordering food at the diner. 
I didn't like after having ordered food that everyone was like, wow, this is the greatest thing I've ever eaten because I get really tired of that trope. I like I I am a person who will make food and think I did a good job and sit down and be like, hmm, I think I'll use a little more honey this time. You know, like mm, I could have I could have cooked it a little less. You know, I think that's way more interesting than just saying, wow, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I guess I did like the moment where they realized that Angela was just chugging milkshakes and giving herself a brain freeze every single time. Because <laughs> she thought that was just what the food did. That was cute. Um, worst moment is definitely like everything of Act 3 that I saw. Yeah, you know, my best moment is also with Angela and has to do with her just being like, I shall endeavor to be as dramatic as the New Age warrants. Worst moment is another quippy line where Valentine's like, please, girls, don't fight over me. That's like a totally problematic trope. And my eyes rolled out of my fucking head. Yeah, it's a bad one. I uh, do this I one my better. I have a better running bit where if two of my friends are arguing, I will reply on Twitter and go, girls, please, there's enough of me to go around. And it only gets funnier <laughs> the less related <laughs> to the argument I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is a better bit um i think my my vote for worst moment of what i saw has to be um the when you get the quest to fight the people like fight the the alt-right machine devil dickheads that are blocking off the quest hub and the first time you meet one of them and you have a conversation with one of them that's just like oh you just you just sort of Search Twitter and took every you know shitty bad faith line you saw and put it into one dialogue box. This is fun. I like this. That sucked. I was joking. I was being sarcastic. Um, <laughs> we have we have more. Uh, we have an email from Kyrie. Uh, one of the things Christine Love does exceptionally well is play with the mechanics and structure of visual novels. Analog of Hate Story sticks out to me as an extremely ambitious experiment in the visual novel space and still resonates with me to this day. Get in the Car Loser is her trying to play with a JRPG genre. Do you think it has similar ambitions to Analog and Don't Take It Personally, Babe, or is Get in the Car just another one of those games? Uh, I'll say real quick, uh, I think it has ambitions and it fucking falls on its face. I think it's using the road trip to try and present it differently, but... But we it, just had Final Fantasy. Yeah, we just had Final Fantasy fifteen, and that was a much more pleasurable road trip game. That was pleasurable, huh? Yes. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Got it. Like, you go... You drive around, and then it's nighttime, and you bake s'mores, and then you look through the photos that the twink took of everyone, and that's fun. Sure, I'm just I'm just teasing your choice of words, that's all. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that too. <laughs> We're gonna send six to horny jail this episode. <laughs> it's really funny, as a person who's never legitimately horny, how often I get sent to horny jail. <laughs> uh... Any other any other thoughts on this one? Because if not, then we have uh, to my we might have more. Maybe stuff has been sent to you. I am aware of one final question uh, from Jackson. Uh, my question is: Do you have any regrets generally? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I got I'd a say shitload, so. but <laughs> yeah, I'm about to, I'm uh, about to get, I'm about to get transported into the world of Redu. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, I, I wish I hadn't slept through most of college, and I don't mean like slept when I wasn't. And I mean like when classes were happening. Instead, I was in my car asleep. Uh, that was a bad call. <laughs> Also, I shouldn't have played this game. <laughs> I also shouldn't have played this game. <laughs> and I also wish I didn't spend six years of my life in IT. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Also, I should have saved JFK. <laughs> no, you shouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down, Stephen King. <laughs> TV's never been the same, Jen. You don't understand. <laughs> that quote's fucking nuts. Like, <laughs> top, honestly, top ten author quotes just being fucking nuts. Or related to this, because um, Anne Rice passed away, rip. Um, there's an amazing Anne Rice quote where she's like, yeah, I project myself onto Lestat. <laughs> <laughs> she's like yeah if I was a guy I'd be just like Lestat basically and that's why I've written so many books about him that's my ideal man who I also want to be and I'm like damn bitch go off <laughs> wow god bless yeah if you ever want to send us uh, more questions or comments about uh, the games we're going to cover or have covered or just like Narrative Gaming in general, just send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com and be sure to include Novel Not New in the subject line somewhere just so that uh, M isn't blindsided by some secret questions that can send or something. I love secret questions. However, <laughs> then I don't end up reading them and so it's hard to love them. Indeed. So, what are we playing next, Olivia? Oh god, we're playing Oxen Free. <laughs> I forgot about it for a second. Because <laughs> in my head, I don't think... I don't really think of... I didn't think of that as, like, my suggestion. So I was like, oh, God. Was I supposed to choose something and didn't? I mean, here's the fucked up thing is fucking getting the car loser counts as my suggestion, which is not fair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, maybe we should try that at some point. I just choose someone who will choose the next game and then they unveil it to the rest of the co-host on the podcast. That would be really fucked up. <laughs> that would just be awful. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, ah, uh, these... uh, <laughs> One of these days, someone is going to release the, like, the proper non-real-time version of Mystic Messenger and then I'm going to make all you fuckers play it because that game whips I played Mystic Messenger exactly once, but I was too nice to the boys, so I got a bad ending where I died. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, I was just being polite. I wasn't flirting with any of these guys. I wasn't okay. I was flirting with one of them, but I don't remember the who you're. Wait, who are you flirting with? I don't remember the cast of Mystic Messenger well enough. At this okay, point. was it okay? Was it the hacker boy? Was it the rich kid? Was it the university student? Was it the model? Ooh. I don't even remember. <laughs> I can't Damn. even identify it. But Damn. Or was it or was it the the secretary lady who rules? Uh she was good, but like I 
I think I flirted with her, but I wasn't one of those people who was like, oh, I wish I could do this route. Mystic. Because I, I knew I was playing an Otome game. You know, I don't kid myself mm. like that. Yeah, but you're playing a live service Otome game. Um, I Googled, I Googled Mystic Messenger Sorry. characters, and I'm like, who the fuck is this twink? There's a twink here I do not recognize. Uh, show, show me the twink. Um, okay, hold on. Pixar, it didn't twink. Okay. <laughs> Physical exertion of copy. Oh yeah, you probably didn't really see much of him. That's Ray. He he he, he mostly has like deep story stuff. Yeah, and he's he, mostly been expanded since the game's launch. He looks like the one with the deep story stuff. Anyway, I think I was flirting with this one. Yeah, Zen's great. Okay, good. He's egomaniac, <laughs> but that's all right. Listen, it's an Otome he's, game. I can fix him. Yeah, he's he's just a narcissist, and he's like, damn, I'm just so hot. And then he posts a picture, and you're like, fuck, I can't argue with it. <laughs> <laughs> damn, he's more right than he is wrong. Right? What are you going to do? But yeah, uh, I was too nice to all of them, and so like, I think one of them killed me or something. And I was just like, no. <laughs> Probably someone else killed you, but I guess it's not impossible. I didn't mind the real-time stuff, but there were parts where they would like fake call you on the phone. I couldn't stand that shit. <laughs> I was just like fucking cringing. I don't want to hear this stuff. <laughs> it's 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 the fucking like it's those like boyfriend talks you to sleep apps. It's yeah. great. <laughs> I I listened to exactly one VTuber voice pack unironically because I heard it was abs- or like ironically because I abs because I heard it was just nuts. Um and that's about as far as I get into that kind of content. Well, uh, I think that's all we've got for you today. Why am I? This is my Jen. Do your job. <laughs> next week we are playing. Thanks next two. week we are playing the Amelia Watson voice pack where she tortures you. No, next week we're fucking. Playing, what? No, I mean I'm curious about this, but <laughs> no, next week we're fucking playing Caligula Effect Two and not talking about it to you. God, what if we? That's another nightmare scenario. What if we were just doing these weekly? That would yeah, that would be rough. <laughs> I I would have to quit. Pay me, pay me, pay me. I'll do it. Just pay me. <laughs> but yeah, let's 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 start wrapping things up a bit. <laughs> Where can people find you on the internet, Olivia? Uh, you can find me and my Caligula Effect Two live tweets at greatgrieve on twitter dot com. Um. You should go go to that page. You should go to that page and then scroll back through. Uh, yeah, all the shit to find the one where Key talks about <laughs> learning about being a gender. That's a good one. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to throw to somebody yeah. six. Hey, uh, you can find me on Twitter at six Detmar S I X D E T T M A R. You can find my work at scanlandmedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlandmedia. It's a site that Jen and I run together along with some other great friends like Curie and uh you know, a lot of other people. Listen, we have a lot of a lot of co-hosts, co-contributors. We do a lot of podcasts. Um, I recently put out a four-hour podcast about robots. Four-star runtime. It has a fucking intermission. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jen, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at JBU3. Um, most of my stuff is where sixes is. Well, most of my stuff lives in the same place as sixes content. And you can find it at scanlinemedia.com or patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. We're content roommates. Anyway.
Yeah, I guess we are kind of roommates sometimes. <laughs> anyway, um, join us next month when we are playing through Oxenfree. And until next time, I'll catch you all later. Bye-bye. Peace.